Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy, co-hosted by me, Zivi Owens, and Tracy Cox, who is the author of 17 books and an international sex expert. We are the duo behind the TikTok viral sensation account called With Zivi and Tracy, and you should definitely listen to this podcast in which I ask Tracy three anonymously sourced questions each episode, which you can also enter at www.sextalkwithzivyandtracy.com and it's sextalk, S-E-X-T-O-K to reflect our TikTok viral success. I hope you enjoy. Enter your questions on our website. Listen up, send it to friends and please rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy. Hi, Tracy. How's it going today? It's all going really well. And can I just say, before you even start, big congratulations. Every week you win an award. You're not <laughs> award winning Zibby, Zibby Owens for nothing, are you? You're just winning so many awards and good for you. You absolutely deserve all of them. So congratulations. I mean, I think the secret is that I enter all the awards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to enter cool. before you can win. So I'm just like, whatever, let's keep entering awards. But yes, yeah. I was so excited about the Webby Award because I had lost two years ago and had really like three thrown all of my heart and soul into trying to win the, that and I didn't and it was so disappointing so but I love the, the story about the Joe and the juice man that you got him and he was really upset <laughs> I did I mean win. anyone I crossed paths with I like anyone I was like hey can you just like go on your phone right now and vote for me for yeah. this award oh my god oh good for you though that's the way to do it that is the way to do it and it gets attention to the podcast so that's fantastic exactly so, and hopefully to this podcast so <laughs> One day. one day we'll be winning this one for ours. So, you know. Okay. So three awesome questions for you per usual. So the first one for us today, how can I get my partner to get more kinky? I've tried suggesting things. I've changed positions and he always reverts back to missionary style. I'd love to do it on the table against the wall. Nothing works for him except in bed the same way. This is boring. I even told him I have sex toys. He's not even interested in that. I have a very old-fashioned guy. Well, you certainly do have a very old-fashioned guy. And I have to say that this isn't probably the best mix of sex personalities that I have heard about because we all have a sex personality, a sex style, and it really helps if at the very beginning of a relationship, you make sure that the person who you're hooking up with has a similar sex style to you. Now, I would say your personality, the woman who wrote in, is probably what's called an energizer. And energizers are very, as it sounds, energetic about sex. They're highly motivated. They'll put a lot of effort into thinking up new things and coming up with new things to try, very explorative. And it sounds to me like your partner is what's called a controller. Now, controllers like to be in control. They are huge fans of having the same sex every single time. And they really like it. For them, it's a turn on. The familiarity is a turn on. 
because they like to know what's literally coming. Okay, so that's a bit of a bad combo energizer with controller, but there are things that you can do to bridge the gap. But a couple of other things I would say first is that because you're the adventurous person and you're female and your partner is a man, sometimes men get really emasculated when it's the woman who's up for all sorts in bed because they kind of think of it as you know a traditional role that it's meant to be the man who's suggesting all these adventurous things and it's the woman who's meant to be you know like almost putting them off the whole time so it could be a bit of that going on it could be also that when we suggest doing adventurous things the first thing that people think is who else has she done this with And it can be a little bit of like, oh, well, they've obviously tried that with someone else and it makes them feel a bit threatened by it all. I also wonder how experienced he is compared to you. I'm suspecting he's probably not very experienced and you are experienced. So again, that can make him really nervous and feel a bit like he doesn't want to try these new things in case he embarrasses himself because he won't know what to do. Or maybe he has tried something new in the past and has made a bit of a fool of himself. You don't know with people, you know, like people are quite shy and they, they get very nervous around sex. We all seem to think we have to be these amazing people in bed. So I would also wonder what would happen if you just sat him down and said to him, look, I really want to try all these new things in bed. What would you be up for and what wouldn't you be up for? And have a conversation out of bed about it. Because the thing about controllers is that they like to know what to expect. So, you know, you're the sort of person as an energizer that if somebody, you know, suddenly jumps out the wardrobe <laughs> dressed in a Batman suit, you're like, you'll go, wow, that's amazing. That's so exciting. Whereas the controller would be like, oh my God, I don't know what's happening. I'm not in control of this. So your idea of what is great, the thrills and the surprises isn't his idea. So anything that you want to try, discuss it first. And this is true for anyone who's a little bit shy in bed. It's always a good idea to do that. The other thing that's a good idea is to always have a few things that you want to try because one person's wet dream is another's wet blanket. So you've got to remember that, that it's not always going to be something they're interested in. Let them know in advance. I said that and take baby steps like this guy is conservative. So when you've got you who would probably, you know, happily, you know, head off to a fetish club on a minute's notice and this guy who's like terrified to try the wheelbarrow position. So you've got to take little baby steps and lead them by the hand. Don't try anything too outlandish. And also be confident and positive when you suggest things. And this isn't so much for you, but anyone else who's listening who's got a very vanilla lover. If you, some people make too much of a big deal about it. Like say you want to try a tie-up game. You don't want to say to your partner, um, okay, I've got something I need to talk to you about and can you sit down and, you know, I've really thought about this because then they'll be like freaking. They'll be thinking, what the hell is she going to say to me? If you just say as part of conversation, or by the way, you know what I was thinking the other day? We've never tried tie-up games, have we? How, How do you feel about that? Just casual. And that makes it seem like not a big deal. You're nodding, you're looking... I literally, no, you know what? I was literally like having this image of couples like at different, like in their kitchens, like all over the world, suddenly like throwing this casually into conversation and and imagining like all the different scenarios they could unfold as everybody (laughs) tries doing that. That was what was going on in my head right there. This is exactly what I want. This is exactly when you should be doing it, when you're washing up the dishes, when you're serving up the dinner. That's exactly... If we get into the habit of talking about sex all the time in all unsexy scenarios, that's when it makes it really easy. It really does. And the other thing, oh, the one other point is that remember that whenever you suggest something new, 
people will always take it as a criticism of the sex you're having. So they think, well, what's wrong with the sex we're having now? And why isn't sex, you know, just normal, quote, quote, sex enough? So you, again, load on the sexual compliments and you'll get much further. So with this guy, I would be saying, look, the reason why I want to do all these adventurous things is that you make me feel very, like I trust you. I know you're not going to judge me. And so this is why I'm suddenly this adventurous person, even if it's a bit of a lie, which it clearly is. And then you sort of, you know, the other thing is never sexual compliments seriously I always say to people even if your lover does absolutely nothing right in bed just think of anything and just say oh, I love the way you touched my nipple that night and they're thinking I can't even remember touching your nipple and they probably couldn't even do it just make something <laughs> up. and then they get confident and then all of a sudden they're not so vanilla and so it's all a case of you know we all respond to flattery flattery gets you everywhere and final thing on that point don't ever trick anyone into trying something that they don't want to and you have no idea, Zibby, how many stories I've heard about men with these threesomes, because they're fixated on threesomes, where they literally have somebody in the wardrobe ready to come out. You know, like, honey, you know, you said about the threesome, well, I'm just about to let in the sex worker or your best friend that I happen to have in the cupboard. It doesn't ever do you any favours. Wait, did you seriously just preface that by saying, I can't tell you how many times this has happened? Yes. This people happens a lot. People stuffed away in closets, jumping out in the middle. <laughs> How many times? Who are the people telling you this all the time? I don't know. No one's ever jumped out of my closet before. No, oh, mine, sadly. <laughs> it's, not so it's more like, well, my partner sort of coerced me into doing this. And I said I didn't want to do a type game. And suddenly I've got my hands behind my back. And I said I didn't want to try a sex toy. And suddenly the sex toy's in the bed. But the threesome thing, believe you me, there has been, I know, three couples where they were rudely surprised by, like, literally a, a mutual friend coming in, having a drink, and then her sitting there and thinking, hang on, something weird is going on here. That relationship broke up after that, and so it should have. Wow. I mean, what the hell? If somebody did that to me, I would just be so... And she'd been actively saying no. This wasn't a long-term relationship. It was about maybe four months in. I get annoyed but- if my husband invites someone for dinner without asking. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, me too. Or even for coffee. So yeah, God, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, do you think that this relationship is doomed? Because you were like, this isn't a good combination. Let's say this relationship is sort of in its infancy, for example, or or maybe not. Maybe this couple has been together forever. Like, They've you- been together three years, I think she said, didn't she? Oh, right. Something like that. Uh, so yeah. you think it's doomed or do you think people can work through these different personality styles? I think they can work through it, but I have to say you're behind the eight ball. Like it's helpful if you didn't have these two dramatically different styles to work with. And it sounds like she has tried. But again, I I still think there's been a, she's probably tried and surprised him with it. I think if you sort of let somebody like that know what they're in for, that would make a lot of difference. And to talk to them and just say, look, you know, how do you feel about doing all this stuff? And then he might say, look, I feel a bit shy because I feel like you know more to do in bed. So it's not completely hopeless, no. But if I was in a relationship like this and I was a month in, or two months in, and I was sort of, a, yeah, kind of nice, kind of not nice. I'd be out, wouldn't you? Yeah. Probably. I guess. <laughs> it, it helps. It, it's not the be all and end all to have the same sexual style, but it really, really helps. You said it like it was this like common knowledge thing that there's a controller type and an energizer. Are there other types? Like what if you don't fall oh in those well, two types? There's about six different types and I can't remember. They're all, they're, there are people who, who are sort of sensual focused. There are people who prefer to you know, talk. It's all about sensory things. You put me on the spot now. I can't remember them all. But there are lots of sex personalities. There are, there's, Actually, I should do, we should do a question about
about that as well. Or I might even do a column on my website because they are very interesting, you know, that people do divide into these things. And it makes sense when you think back to all the different lovers that you've had, like you'll get somebody who's really into stroking and slow sex and somebody who wants to like read fast sex and that's got lots of stimulation. And, and so, you know, it's, it's the same as our personalities are in real life, really. Maybe we should design, we, you should design a quiz on the website. And it says like, do you like this? Do you like this? Do you like this? And at the end, it says like, you are this type, you know, blah, blah, blah. You're best at this, you know, that could be cool. And there might, maybe there is one already, but we could do a very tame, clean version of this. I don't know. It's always tame and clean on the show, isn't it? I think that's a good idea though, because it is something sex personalities. Cool. Okay. Very interesting. Okay. Here's the next question. I can't stop thinking about the sex my partner had with his ex. I met her recently and she was sexy, confident, and flirtatious. I've had a video of the two of them at it whirling around in my head ever since. I don't want to talk to him about it unless he confirms my worst fears that I'm not half as sexy slash good in bed as she is. Well, exes, exes. I mean, we exes are a huge problem, I have to say, for so many people in so many ways. And I mean, no one likes to think about their partner having sex or being in love with somebody else. And if we could all unwrap them and take the cellophane off and they'd be brand new, we would, wouldn't we? But unless you're planning on dating a 12-year-old, that's not going to happen. And you have to kind of make peace with this, okay? Now, the other thing that we hate imagining is our partner's in bed with somebody else. And whenever we do, it's human nature that we always imagine that They have the best sex of their lives with this other person. It's always, you know, our imagination to not think that they're going to have crap sex and the sex with us was better. And I can imagine that after you've met her, especially if she is confident and sexy and fabulous, that this video that's going around in your head, they are having absolute the best sex anyone's ever had in their life. She's had full hair and makeup and she's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. So I completely get all that. But there is a key word here and that word is X. Now, if they were having the best sex in the world, they wouldn't have been able to tear each other apart to leave each other. People break up for a reason, okay? So there's that logical fact to think about. The other thing is, even if they had the best sex in the world, Often that happens in a really bad relationship. So even if he did have the best sex in the world, he was probably bloody miserable the rest of the time because often those roller coaster relationships do have really, really good sex. But the key word is, again, X. He's not with her anymore. He is with you. So all that really matters is the sex that the two of you are having together. As for which should you ask for confirmation, I absolutely would not. I would never ask for confirmation. And all research points to the fact that people do not do well with too many details about their partner's sex life. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
I mean, it's about, it's like with affairs and things like that, you are better off asking as few questions as you can get away with. I mean, I I don't, I don't, I don't want to know about my partner. I'd end up exactly the same as, as this lady. I'd have like videos playing in my head, full pelt. So I wouldn't ask that. But here's the thing. How about you just assume the worst that it was the best sex he's had in his life and just sit with that for a couple of days and then you'll realise that it doesn't really matter whether he had the best sex of his life with her because it doesn't impact on you with him now. It really, really has no impact. And here's a question you can ask him where you can end up with reassurance without saying, am I as good as your ex, okay? So assuming that you are happy with the sex that you're having with him, just say, I love the sex that we have together. You know, are you happy with it as well? Is there anything you'd like to do differently or that we should do more of? Which is sort of a a secret, sort of not so out there way of saying, are you happy and do you think I'm great in bed with you? Now, hopefully he will load on reassurances at that point and that will put your, your mind at rest. But something that actually didn't just whisper to me, but shouted at me about this question was, you described the ex as sort of sexy, confident, flirtatious. And I actually wonder whether this is less about the two of them in bed and more about you being envious of her rather than them. And so think about what can make you more sexy in bed. And that might mean, you know, splashing out in some sexy underwear or something like that. What's going to make you more confident? You know, that might mean honing up on some sex techniques and looking up, you know, some signature sex moves or something. As for the flirtatious bit, well, you can start that right now and be more flirtatious with your partner. So, so you can be who you think she is. And emphasis on the word think, because often these people that we look at and we think, oh my God, they're so confident and sexy, don't feel like that on the inside. And how do you know she wasn't looking at you and thinking, oh my God, you know, she's so much better looking than me. She's so much more vivacious or charismatic than I was, and she's envying you. So, you know, we can't really look in on other people's relationships or how they really feel at all. What do you think of that? I think that's true. Also, you don't even know what she looked like then. It's possible she's gotten yes. a lot better. Like maybe she, maybe their breakup inspired her to, you know, dye her hair and like, I, I don't know, you know, get a whole new you know, plastic surgery. Also, Who knows? I don't know. I've had that where I've met exes of my boyfriends and thought at the time, oh my God, I should be so jealous of her because I was so such a jealous person. And now I look back and I think, oh my God. Looking back now, I was way better looking than she was, but I just couldn't see it of myself. <laughs> so I think you're clouded, aren't you, when it's an ex? Like if that had been just some woman that you just met at a party, you probably wouldn't have given her another thought. But because it's the ex, they suddenly become infused with this like magical power. It is so weird to think about exes and like, you I know, know. This, like intimate stuff you share, but you never discuss and like, I don't know. It's such a bizarre relationship. You know that Peter Gabriel song, Now You're Just Somebody That I Used To Know? Yes. Like, oh my God. Sometimes I think about that and you think back to like somebody who you shared, like my, my first husband, seven years of my life, and now he's just gone, vaporized yeah. out of my life. It's, it's really strange, isn't it, how we behave as human beings? Yes. Crazy. When You said quickly, though, in the beginning of that, that you know, how the roller coaster effect makes the sex much more dramatic or passionate. I can't remember how you said it. Why yeah. is that? Because, like, what is that about? Why does that happen? Or maybe we could, it could be a totally different question, but what, what, is it, what is that about? Why is like something bad for you better? 
because it creates tension and anxiety, which in turn fuels lust, because what lust hates is comfort and security. It absolutely hates it. So if you're like, if you if you see your partner and you're not even sure when the next time you're going to see them again, you'll probably have sex, won't you? Or wild sex because you're desperate to keep them to you. And then if you've had a big, massive row and you thought you were going to lose them and then you're back together again, you know, you, you want to get really close to them. You're much more likely to have sex. So it's this threat of something being taken away from you all the time that makes the sex great. Now, and it only works for some people because for me, I've been in roller coaster relationships and I can't do that whole angry sex thing or make up sex when I don't feel totally trusting. So you've got to be one of those people that actually does thrive on it rather than it takes me ages if I've had a big row to get back used to them and trust them again. And then I can have sex, if you know what I mean. But other people just love it. If comfort and security is the enemy of lust, how do you then keep lust in a long-term committed relationship? Well, welcome to my world in that every <laughs> book I write is, is about that because that's the magic question, isn't it? And, and we will talk about this. I can't remember if we have already about how to keep love and lust alive when they effectively cancel each other out. When you have loads of love, it tends to squash all the lust. And if you have loads of lust, most people don't like that feeling because to, to have that, you've got to be very separate from your partner and not be too best friendly. And, and it doesn't sit well with most people. But Esther Perel explores a lot of this. She's, she, that's her main theme is that we get too comfy with our partners and it kills lust. And, and it, it, I have to say most of the top sex therapists do say that. But I, I even in my role after studying it for like 30 years, I find it really difficult to not get into that really close, intimate, lovey-dovey stuff. And, you know, so, yeah, it's hard. It's really difficult to keep it all going. No easy answer to that one. Okay. Well, I thought I would ask anyway. Okay. My last question for today, my previous boyfriend used to constantly make fun of the face I make when I orgasm. It's made me really self-conscious and I'm now dreading having sex with any future boyfriends. How can I get past it? Orgasm faces. Where do all these questions come from? Well, the thing is, is that orgasm faces is something that our parents wouldn't have even thought about, even though they obviously still had a face that they make when they orgasm. But it's now a thing and a term. And when you think about it, we see orgasm faces all the time because in movies, whenever they have sex, they always do that moment where they hone in on the face. And of course, everybody looks amazing. Their head's tipped back and their hair's amazing. And they've got little beads of sweat in just the right places. So we see orgasm faces, fake ones, all the time. We see them in porn, of course. Now, how real those are, as anybody's guess. And in fact, I have seen a lot of real people have sex. And so I've seen a lot of real orgasm faces. And I'll tell you why. It's because I did a TV show called The Sex Inspectors, which was shown on HBO over there in the States and shown on Sky, I think, over here in the UK. And it was me and a, guy, a gay guy who also had knowledge about sex. And we would, they'd pick a couple who had a problem and then the producers would rig up their whole house with cameras, right? Cameras everywhere. And they would film them with their permission, of course, for a month. And then we would we would look at all the footage and analyse their problem. Now, in the bedroom, it was infrared cameras. So all you could see is blobs. There was a huge furore about this show when it first came out. It was headlines everywhere that, you know, they like sunk to the lowest of lows. Whereas, in fact, when they did have sex in the bedroom, all you saw was these red blobs moving around. It was ridiculous. But I have to say, a lot of the couples, now you've got to bear in mind, a lot of them were quite exhibitionistic to go on a show like this. 
did have sex in front of the cameras. So, and as much as that didn't make it to on screen because it was mainstream TV, we saw the footage of them having sex and it was absolutely bizarre. So by the time we'd go to film with them, Michael and I would like knock on the front door and we go, hello, John, how are you? And, and then they'd go, oh, hi, how are you? And I'm thinking, I know John intimately better than John even knows himself. And then they'd say, have a cup of tea and sit down here. And I'd be thinking, I don't want to sit on that sofa <laughs> because I know we're going on that sofa. <laughs> it was totally bizarre. But I did see lots of orgasm faces and I could vouch for the fact that Sadly, we all look very weird. We don't look like we do on the movies. We look red, sweaty, contorted. Our faces scrunch up. We get really slack-jawed. The noises we make are ridiculous. The things we say are ridiculous. It's safe to assume that everybody's orgasm face is not pretty. So (laughs) the person who wrote in about this, you are not alone. We all look really stupid when we orgasm. But when you're in the throes of passion, this is the thing about an orgasm, you don't care because this is the whole point of an orgasm. You're in this place where nothing matters except that euphoric feeling. And I think anyone who makes fun of someone's orgasm face is jealous. I think they're jealous because in order to get to that point, you have to let go and you have to be uninhibited. And, and I think if he's so busy looking there and going, oh, she doesn't look, you know, she looks a bit weird. He can't let go. So it came from a complete face of jealousy and envy. And the thing about an orgasm is this is your moment. This is about you. And I hate it. You know, I, I've never had a lover say this to me, or but I have certainly seen it in porn, you know, when they say, come for me, baby. And it's like, come, we have an orgasm for you. This is <laughs> Is it for you? It's your moment. So don't let anyone take that away from you. And, you know, I mean, next time it happens, just, you know, next time when you're with a partner, just think to yourself, you know what? Everyone's orgasm is weird. Everyone's orgasm face is weird, not just mine. And maybe he was just teasing and you were just being a little bit sensitive about it. So don't worry about it. It's a great thing that you let go that much. You're so funny. I I, I could listen to you all day. Okay, Tracy, sex tip of the week. What do you got? Okay. Well, I thought this is something that I found out very, very early on. And I thought the world is opening up again. So it's something that we can do. If you can possibly, as a couple, get away once every six weeks, you will solve 90% of your problems. And they discovered this with a survey of all the US's top counsellors, sex therapists, everybody of repute, and got them to participate in this research. And the one tip that all of them said makes the most difference in a relationship is being somewhere that all the issues aren't, somewhere where the kids aren't, the dishes aren't, the, the problems. Just take yourselves away. Even if it's one night, even if you're camping in the garden, even if you're going to a really crap hotel around the corner, just take yourselves away for at least a night, one every six weeks and I know that's a big order but just aim for that and it really does make a difference huh 90 percent wow (laughs) that's impressive I know wow all right I'll store that away too all these tips (laughs) (laughs) and photographing your orgasm face god I would hate to see mine oh my gosh (laughs) you're hilarious I think if if I was in bed with somebody and their face didn't move very much I'd be very suspect I'd be really suspect wouldn't you? If their face was too composed, it would be like, hang on a minute, is anything actually happening here? Some people go really quiet on the point of orgasm, very quiet and very still. I'm just even- trying to like process the fact that you sat around and watched hours of footage of other people having sex. <laughs> and you know what? They kept saying to me, you meant to be a sex expert because I kept hiding behind the other guy. <laughs> like, Michael, he kept saying, you're such a whip. And I was like, oh my God, I don't need... Because 
you know, obviously I watch porn, but watching people that you're about to interview and give sex tips to, I felt like I was invading their privacy. It was the strangest show I've ever done in my life. People loved it, but it was very, very odd. Wait, what was the name again? Now I have to like go watch The Sex Inspectors. Sex Inspectors. All right. It was ages ago, probably 10 years ago. See if you can find something. God, my, the outfits they made me wear in that show were horrendous. So I'm almost embarrassed for you to look it up. Oh, no, I'm totally going to look it up now. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Tracy. This was so funny. This was just great and useful, awesome, fantastic information. So thanks. <laughs> yeah, thank you. See you next week. All right. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk with Zivi and Tracy. If you want more from Tracy, she has a column on Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. So check that out too. Thanks again. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.